Good morning Christchurch and welcome to our All in Reflection. For our All in Reflection today we are continuing to look at Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Our title for today's service is The Purpose for Family and later on Susan is going to unpack for us what Paul has to say on this topic. But let us remember that even though we are not meeting face to face we are coming into God's presence. We're coming to learn about God through his word and to worship him. So let's just take a moment to prepare our hearts for what God has to say to us this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here with us and we welcome you. We thank you that you are part of this reflection and we ask that as we listen to your word and hear your word explained to us, that you will stir our hearts and minds. Lord, help us to hear your voice today. Amen. The reading today is taken from Ephesians 5, verse 21, to chapter 6, verse 4. Submit yourselves to one another because of your reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband has authority over his wife, just as Christ has authority over the church. And Christ is himself the saviour of the church, his body. And so wives must submit completely to their husbands, just as the church submits itself to Christ. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. He did this to dedicate the church to God by his word after making it clean by washing it in water in order to present the church to himself in all its beauty, pure and faultless without spot or wrinkle or any other imperfection. Men ought to love their wives just as they love their own bodies. A man who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hates his own body. Instead, he feeds it and takes care of it, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. As the scripture says, for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and unite with his wife, and the two will become one. There is a deep secret truth revealed in this scripture which I understand as applying to Christ and the church but it also applies to you. Every husband must love his wife as himself and every wife must respect her husband. Children, it is your Christian duty to obey your parents for this is the right thing to do Respect your father and mother is the first commandment that has a promise added so that all may go well with you and you may live a long time in the land. Parents, do not treat your children in such a way as to make them angry. Instead, bring them up with Christian discipline and instruction. This is the word of the Lord. 
Hi everyone. So today we're moving on in the next part of Paul's letter to the Ephesians and we're looking at family relationships. Have you ever played the card game Happy Families? We've got a set in our house and it contains several families, each of them a dad, a mom, a daughter and a son. So we have Mr Ladder, the fireman, Mrs Ladder, the fireman's wife, Master Ladder, the fireman's son, Miss Ladder, the fireman's daughter. I remember as a child my favourite was Mrs Bun, the baker's wife. Now obviously to make the game work there does have to be four people in each family because they have to have a set and that's how the game works. Obviously I could talk at length about the stereotypes depicted in that game but I won't do that right now. The point is though that we know that in real life families are all different aren't they? They're made up differently with different numbers of adults and children in the household. There may be over different households. We have different roles within those households that we've chosen for ourselves. We have different relationships. So yeah, families are all different and we can't just pin it down to being one set. We can be thankful for our families, whoever they are, and not feel a pressure to make our family situation fit into some kind of perfect mould because there isn't such a thing. And family life can be complex painful, joyful, sometimes all at the same time. And if we're not living in a family unit, we might feel a bit of an outsider reading this passage today. But there is actually something for everyone here. So hopefully we'll all stick with it and see what God has to say to each of us. Our first reaction to the reading this morning might be to recoil in horror at some of the wording and what it looks like it might be saying to some of us. Certainly it seems on face value to be very direct and perhaps controversial in these times. But we do need to look at it in context because otherwise particular verses can be used as a stick to beat us with and I'm sure that sadly they have been used like that in the past. So let's have a look first at where we got up to in previous weeks. The scene was set by hearing about God's amazing love for us, his many blessings to us and his grace to all. We moved on to hear how in response to this, we need to live in unity with one another and make choices about how we live, putting off the old and putting on the new stepping out from darkness and into light and living lives filled by the Holy Spirit. Today's passage is framed by its first verse, verse 21, where all Christians are called to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, to submit is not to become a doormat for everybody to walk over, to always ignore our own needs and preferences and gifts. To submit is to show humility, which is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So in our response to God's love for us and for others, and in living a Spirit-filled life, we need to be showing humility 
towards one another. And this reminds me of a passage in Philippians 2, where Paul says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus demonstrated the ultimate act of love and humility, serving others and laying down his life for us. And we're being asked to imitate him. It's not about anybody being pushed down and trampled on, but actually being raised up by each other. And anyway, if we're all doing this and putting each other before ourselves, we'll each be put first by someone. So, firstly, we're all asked to submit to each other out of our love and reverence for Christ and out of a natural overflow of living a spirit-filled life. Paul then looks at this in the context of Christian family relationships. To me, he presents each relationship as two sides of a coin. Firstly, in the marriage relationship, one side of the coin is, yes, wives are to submit to their husbands. And we've already thought about what that means in terms of humility. On the other side of the coin, husbands are to love or cherish their wives as Christ loves the church. And these two sides work together. With our worldview now, we may see this as shocking because there's much more equality nowadays than back then. So of course husbands and wives should work together in partnership. But in Paul's day, men would have the legal rights, the power and authority over women and children, who were generally treated as inferior to men. The extraordinary part of this passage that would have stood out to the Ephesians is that husbands and fathers are told not to lord it over their wives and children, but to love and respect them, which was above and beyond the expectation of their day. Paul says that the husband has authority over his wife, or in other translations is the head of the wife. Some point to the root word of head meaning source, as in Eve being made from Adam's rib, so man being the source of woman. However this is interpreted, the passage points to headship as servant leadership, not dominating. He is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. 
which was self-sacrificially devoting himself to her. A husband and wife becomes one unit. This is not to say that either loses themselves within that, but they become one and work as one. Paul points to the picture of marriage as reflecting Christ's relationship with the church, his bride. One concordance I read says that marriage is a human echo of Jesus' love for the church. What a lovely phrase that is. Then Paul moves on to the parent-child relationship. Again, using the image of a coin, one side of the coin is that yes, children are to obey their parents, to honour their father and mother, as it says in the Ten Commandments. On the other side, parents are not to anger their children, or I prefer the translation exasperate, but to bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. So again, this raises the place of children to a higher position than they would have been in that culture at that time. The purpose of parenting is to help children grow and learn, not to exert power over them just because we can, but to nurture and guide them and act in love for their benefit. The message version of this verse tells parents to take the children by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. That's a kind picture to paint for us. Parent-child relationships can be challenging, of course, on both sides. But in our house, what we've found go a long way are appreciation, encouragement, listening, understanding and humour. Some societies honour their elders much more than we tend to, respecting their wisdom, paying attention to their comfort and happiness. And where elders are respected, Long life is a blessing for them and for those who receive from them. I feel that this can be a great feature of the church family where intergenerational relationships blossom and both the older and younger people benefit from them. So, to sum up today's passage, when we grasp something of God's great love for us and live spirit-filled lives, We reflect his love in the way we treat others, showing humility and giving respect and honour to each other and to the people around us. Such love stems from him and all that he has done for us. Let's thank God for his amazing sacrificial love for us. During these prayers, we will hear Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21 repeated, but from different translations. The person praying will begin and end their section with this verse. Now let us pray. Honour Christ and put others first. Dear God, we pray that you will help us to put others first in our life, and because we do that, honour you. We ask you will guide us those who are parents, to raise us children well, to show us your love and to teach us your ways. We pray for those leading the country that they will seek to put others first through how they govern and to protect those who are in 
who are most in need. Honour Christ and put others first. And out of reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. Dear Father, we pray for those in our community who are living alone. We pray that you will surround them with your love and with bubbles that support and encourage them. We pray for those that have had such a long time with limited interaction with others, that they will know the love and support of a neighbour, friend or family member to encourage and strengthen them. We pray also for those in our community who are suffering with ill health, whether physical, mental or emotional. We pray you will be with them. We pray that others will support them and that they will know your peace. And out of reverence for Christ, be supportive of each other in love. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Dear Lord, we pray for our church community and particularly we pray for the families in our church community. We pray that you will be with them as they continue to spend so much time together. We pray for relationships to grow stronger and that those who are part of families living in a house together will learn new ways to submit to each other and demonstrate your love to each other and their community. We pray that these families will be a blessing and a light to our community and that our church will continue to find new ways through the pandemic to be a light in Selly Park. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ. Lord, we pray for the children and young people in our church. We pray that you would guide us all as a church to play our part in raising them to know you. We pray particularly for their parents. May they know wisdom and love and may they not exasperate their children but point them to your grace. Lord, we pray for our nation and our world as we struggle through this time of pandemic. We pray for those who are suffering most from the injustices we see. We pray particularly for those in poorer nations and we urge leaders in the rich countries out of a heart of service to ensure the vaccine reaches these nations swiftly. We pray for our mission partners around the globe who've chosen a life lived in service to others and to you. Bless them, Lord. Protect them and equip them for their work. And we pray for the continued process of finding a new vicar for our church. We pray that you will bring the right person to serve our community in your time. Be willing to serve each other out of respect for Christ. We pray all these prayers as a church community in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Dan, for coordinating our prayers. And thank you to Chris for doing our reading and to Susan for sharing her thoughts with us. Our reflection today has hopefully given you a lot to think about and reflect on. 
And because this is an all-in service, we now give you the opportunity to respond. The all-in service team have put together a variety of activities in what we call zones, which will hopefully allow you to explore the theme of this service in more depth. All of the zone activities can be found on our website, ChristChurchB29.org. So let's bring our reflection to a close with a final prayer. Lord, we thank you for all that we have heard today. We pray that as we go into this week, you will continue to guide us in the way you want us to live our lives. Lord, we pray for each other as we go into this new week that you will surround each one of us with your love, your peace and your protection. Amen.